say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Word up. Welcome to the Think Liberty Podcast. This is episode 24. I'm your host, Bill Weld. Joining me this evening on this podcast episode we have for you is Lonnie Dupree. Hello, Lonnie. Hi. What's up? Hey, how's it going, buddy? And Caitlin Cloven. Hello, Caitlin. Hey. On this episode, we don't have uh, any topics to go over, so I figured we'll just roll through some current events. Before I do, is there anything that you guys want to mention about what's been going on with you? Anything exciting happen? Um, I'm kind of starting keto, so I'm going to be one of those people now. Oh, yeah, so no no, no carbs? Are you going to tell everyone about it all the time? Yeah, I'm just going to go up to random people. You know, people are going to be buying, like, potato chips. I'm going to be like, you know how many carbs is in that? <laughs> you know? Awesome. They're going to love that. Yeah. These are my favorite people. <laughs> you can break it down for me. You tell them how much carbs is in everything. That's my that's my favorite thing. I love it when people tell me about the things I'm going to eat before I eat it. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's been, it's been a little rough because I really like potatoes. Like, I never knew how much I loved potatoes until I started doing this. But, um, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, Coke Zero has come in clutch. You know, all the Coke Zero products like Pib Zero, Sprite Zero. I love the Zeros. So, they've been It's they've nice been doing... because you can, you can have a little, it, you can have a little a, a treat. And even though it's not sweet, it, it kind of feels right. like it is. And that's, that's kind of well, nice I, I, when you. I've always preferred the, uh, the Zeros to the regular ones. I don't like diet. The, like the diet ones, they taste terrible. Like uh, I thought, you know, I like every few years, it seems like your taste buds kind of change and you're like, oh, I used to hate this. Well, sure. I tried a diet Coke and it was the absolute worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. I couldn't even <laughs> did, did you Did you used to like it? No, I never liked diet Coke before. It was always terrible. So but now it was just worse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I so. got gotcha. you. That's fair. I wonder what the difference is in the zero and the diet stuff. I, I never really thought I about don't know. that. It I has the same sweetener. They both have aspartame. Uh, I don't know what it is, but the Coke Zero, it tastes like I, I find it tastes better than the regular Coke. Uh, but like the regular Coke, like if I get out of a like fountain, like it's okay. But out of a can or a bottle, at least it's weird feeling on my teeth. And I don't like it. Coke Zero never did that. So that's always why I kind of preferred it. But Pepsi Zero, I think that's Pepsi Zero is the best. That might be the actual cocaine, possibly. But <laughs> Pepsi Zero is the best. It's just hard to find where I am. So there's all Pepsi has a yeah. zero too. Are they allowed to do that? Isn't it like a Coke thing? Um, well, Coke is now Coke Zero Sugar, so I guess Pepsi can do zero. So I don't know. 
Wow. Hard hitting stuff right yeah. here. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Caitlin, how about you? Anything, anything of note? Uh, I got Any elected. New diets? No, no new diets. I don't diet. I just eat potatoes and everything Lonnie can't eat. That's my diet. Uh-huh. Um, no, actually this weekend I, I got elected to the at-large committee for my state libertarian party so that was pretty cool yeah that's but oh and i got sorry for your loss yeah well i got snowed into the convention we had a freak snowstorm that dropped like two feet on the convention and i had to stay there so that was fun i got to got to drink with all of my new co-workers it was it was good though i had a lot of fun but that is about it that sounds like a good time congratulations thank you and I worked. I had to give a speech, and it was so nerve wracking because the, I, I did give a disclaimer to everyone there. I was like, "Look, I last time I gave a speech, I was in fifth grade, and I started crying." And my teacher just said, "Like, just sit down, sweetie. It's okay." Like that was the last time I've ever given a speech, and I had to do it at the convention. But it, it wasn't bad. I didn't cry, and nobody told me to sit down. So I called this. That's awesome. What was your speech about? Um, how I want to work in the party, like how I want to set up affiliates in every county and get people elected in every county by 2022. So I just kind of laid out my plan for that. And I talked really fast, but <laughs> I think everyone understood what I was saying. So. You pulled a Shapiro? Yeah, well, I good. did. It was Caitlin good. Shapiro. If you talk nice. fast, like it. it sounds like you really you... know what you're talking about. You see like how slow I talk right Yeah. Now. Did yeah, you, I'm I'm hoping the, that's how it came across. So I did get elected unanimously, though. So I, I maybe that is how it came across. I don't know. Did you tell them they were cucked? I didn't. I I wanted to. I had all these like fake speeches in my head. Like I was going to go up in there and be like, in two years when I take over and I'm state chair, you're all fired. But no, I didn't. I didn't do that. Uh, I actually really like a lot of like pretty much everyone on it's it's a pretty drama free party and everyone gets along and I'm very lucky because not a lot of states are like that no drama no drama really I mean there there's like internal squabbles here and there but that's just kind of normal but yeah there's no drama nobody called me a Nazi because I have a picture with Ron Paul like it, I didn't know what to do with myself oh that's wild doesn't sound huh. like the libertarian yeah party. That's, <laughs> no that's- that's that's almost unbelievable. Almost, yeah. Like, it, not not in, in an amazing kind of way, in an, <laughs> in an unbelievable like kind of way. Like, I think you might be holding some truth back, but well, <laughs> none. Everyone thought it was cool that I had a picture with Ron Paul. I'm like, really? Like, you don't you don't think I'm like at least a fascist? But no, everyone's everyone's really cool. Like, there's there's no factionalism there. That's that's a major issue. So. It's really easy for everyone to like your Ron Paul picture when they're holding tiki torches, though. <laughs> so True. I'm kidding. If anyone <laughs> from the convention is listening, that's a joke. Well, I don't really think well, yes. they had They had to use the tiki torches for warmth because they were snowed in, apparently. <laughs> so It was so bad. That's right. They came in handy. Oh, God. The snow was so bad. It, they had, like, the highways were just... Yeah, I was going 10 miles an hour on the highway on the way up there, and I was still sliding everywhere. And yeah, I was just like, I'm not going home tonight. That's not going to happen. So, 
I I haven't tried public speaking in a while. Like like you're like you talking about it kind of reminded me. Like I haven't spoken in public like actually in front of people in in years. And and that time it was kind of I guess it was something similar to kind of like how how you did. But like like this like just talking in a podcast is fine. Like uh, that uh, that video that I put up where I was just like talking into the into the camera. Like I can do that like easily. Uh, but I haven't tried actually in public in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I find like if you open up with a joke, it, it kind of breaks the ice and you feel a little bit more comfortable, at least for me. Well, you so. know, actually I might be okay with it because several times like at, at uh, work, I would have to lead safety meetings cause they just pick random people sometimes and I could read. So they pick me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a big that's a big uh, step up in front of your competition there. Literacy. <laughs> Hard to beat. You know what I'm saying? Like no one's just going to come, you know, one the next day fully capable of reading. That's some job security there. You at least got a couple months I think until you got anyone knocking on the door for competition. Yeah. You know, maybe some if they if if we could, if we could have child workers, I might have some some uh some first graders to worry about you know but yeah they're quick they learn fast yeah little, little sponges those things all right well i <clears throat> i have absolutely nothing of note uh to speak of that i did my time has been been absolutely boring i'm just working editing no, podcast no cats in the yard nothing oh no there's tons of cat shit in my front yard i think he got a new <laughs> cat actually i'm pretty sure he got a new cat there's more cats now and I got this, like, this, I, I, I was talking about on the last episode, I think, like this, this stuff, it's like a mixture between like chili peppers and Wolverine piss or something like that. And then I put it on the rocks I have in my side yard. So they're not, they're not pooping on the rocks anymore. They've instead decided to move to dead center, the middle of my lawn. Oh no. Um, oh. yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. There's still tons of cat poop. Uh, I just, you know, it's boring if I just talk about cat poop all the time, but yeah, you could just, I think it's safe to assume that the cat poop, you know, it's always there. It's, it's always it's the thing. Be Liberty there. cat poop saga. I think we need weekly updates on this. Yep. Yeah. Basically pretty much. Yeah. I, I can't stand my neighbor. I don't, I just, it's better. I don't get into it. I, yeah. Like, like I love cats. Like I, I kind of I don't necessarily prefer cats to dogs. I like them equally, but I I don't think I would be able to uh, to stand that very much before I started buying air rifles or slingshots or something. I just, so. The thing that confuses me is he's got like multiple containers in his garage. Like, first of all, the guy never closes his garage, so the garage door is always wide open. And sitting in the garage is is constantly these like. Th- they're just lined up a bunch of containers of cat litter. And my question is why, why do you buy cat litter? There's, I, I see no, no reason for it. First of all, the cats are never inside that fucking house ever. <laughs> I, they're always under my cars. I probably, can tell you that much. You know, he probably, uh, tells like all like his friends and people are like, you have how many cats? Wow. You must go through a lot of cat litter. And he's like, you know, surprisingly, no, <laughs> you know, I really don't. I, I don't know what right. it is. You know, you think I would go through a lot of cat litter, but I really don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't oh. know why. 
Yeah. Son of a <laughs> bitch. <sighs> anyway. So we're going to go through some news. Um, like I said, at the, at the top of the show, we don't have any, we don't have any topics this time. So we're just going to roll through some news and quite possibly the most important news that we have to share. It's the hottest tickets in town, the roads to freedom foundation unconvention. It's from Friday, May 25th to Sunday, May 27th at the embassy suites and conference center in La Vista, Nebraska. It is featuring Dr. Ron Paul, Larry Sharp, Nick Sarwark, Dr. Lieb, he merit. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And more, there is a costume ball, and I believe it's going to be steampunk themed, which steampunk. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> some of us are excited about that. I am not one of those who are excited about it, but hey, I'm happy for you guys that you're excited about it. Maybe think twice before you're judging pineapple on pizza, though, because it's steampunk. Anyway, so ouch. Yeah, well, you know, it's late. Okay. All right. That's What's fair. Wrong with, what is wrong with pineapple on pizza? It, it's disgusting, but I it's fine. It's it's not disgusting. This is this is my thing with pineapple on pizza. Warm, warm fruit is gross. Is my, it's just a thing that I have. I can't eat fruit that is warm. It's an abomination. Okay. This is this fine. is my thing with pineapple on pizza. Hear me out. In order to in order to have a proper pizza, you have to have a good crust, a great sauce, and good cheese. Beyond that, you can do whatever you want, provided that the ingredients complement each other. Like if you have pineapple, it's kind of sweet. You need something to balance it, like uh, like bacon or uh, another salty kind of meat or something like that. You can't go with other sweet kind of things with it. You know, you can't just have just pineapple. You have, there has to be a balance. Um, you know, I don't eat pineapple on pizza. I, I Good. you know, I'll I will <laughs> eat good. it if it's there. I won't turn it down because it's pizza. Well, I have to turn it down now because, you know, because it's got whatever. carbs. Yeah, I guess I could scrape everything off the crust and then eat it like that, like some kind of animal, but like a, like a filthy degenerate. Right. Like as if like as if That's a dog like as if a dog found a piece of pizza in the street, he just wouldn't eat the crust, he'd just eat the cheese and stuff. That's how <laughs> I would have to eat it. But, but anyways, yeah. You you can choose whatever toppings you want, but to have a good pizza the crust, sauce, and cheese have to be in, they have to be good. That's my take. Okay, I agree with you on that. That's fine. I, I'm just saying, I, I agree with you on that. Like, the, the sauce and the cheese and everything, they have to be really good. But I just, I can't do warm fruit. That's just disgusting. Well, you can yeah. always just order it from Domino's to uh, Fiery Hawaiian and it will arrive cold, so... <laughs> Good point. Good point. Anyhow, if you use the coupon code Think Liberty over at the website, uh, which is www.omahaunconvention.com, you can get 20% off your purchase. On top of that, they just cut their prices. So with a discount code, one person can get in the door for 40 bucks. It's a steal, a deal, and a bargain. You can't beat it with a stick. So don't forget the unconvention. You can get over there. You see a bunch of cool people. Aside from the people that are talking, 
There's going to be a bunch of cool people that you're going to want to see and talk to there as well. A bunch of people from Think Liberty are going to be there. I believe Caitlin, you're going to go, right? Um, yes, I will. Yep, I think uh, uh, Chris Oglesby uh, is going to be there as that's well. That's right. That's right. And I think Josh is going to be there too, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's going to be speaking, but he'll stop by the the Think Liberty table and get to meet everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have the Think Liberty crew there. I think the, the, the being libertarian crew is going to be there too. And a whole bunch of other people that you're probably going to want to talk to if you're interested in libertarian stuff. So why didn't didn't you tell me that you weren't done with your little commercial before I rambled on like an idiot about pineapple on pizza? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It's good. That's better because now, you know, we just, we wrapped it in. It's natural right? It's fluid. We just worked it in there. We had a little conversation in the middle of it. Then boom, we brought it right back to the coupon code. That's how you do it. I mean, I guess (laughs) it'll work out. It'll work out. Okay. It all comes out in the wash. Anyhow, we're going to start the first topic that we have. It's topic that everyone probably assumes would be the first topic that we're going to go into. And that's Syria. So the last time that we talked about this on our last episode, we recorded it same time we usually always record these on Sunday nights. And at the time that we recorded it, Syria had just been hit by some missiles, and this was coming off the back of a, a chemical attack that was had there. Um, it's At the time of the report, it was pretty much being reported by most that the chemical attack was taken out by the Syrian government on the people that were opposed to the Syrian government. At this point, I think there's conflicting reports about whether or not those claims are valid and what people have found. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not super, super caught up on the accuracy of what's going on there. But it seems to be a little all over the place. And we did find out that those bombs that were dropped on the on the last episode, we talked about that it was being speculated that America had dropped those bombs. Now, I believe that's not the case. We were finding out that it was... Um, it was they 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 were hit from a different area but we made up for that and we did hit them <laughs> instead in the time that passed and i was just checking out so the first article that i have to go over here is from the washington post and the headline on this article says syria's assad in a good mood scorns us weaponry after airstrikes and the tone of this article is basically talking about there was a meeting. Assad was in this meeting and he seemed perfectly fine in a great mood. He was smiling, seemed to be happy, upbeat. And he talked about the attack and he said it didn't really bother him much. Uh, he claimed that there was about a 70% rate of the, the missiles that got shot down. So this is kind of interesting if you look at the United States reporting. They're saying that only like 13 out of a, you know, almost 200 or something like that got shot down. And then if you ask, you know, the other side of that, I think Assad saying something like, like 70 of them or something like that got shot down. So he, or only 70, 70 made it. So he used it as an attempt to basically say that the, uh, the Western weaponry is antiquated and the Russian weaponry is superior. This is bothersome to me because of who we have as president right now. I don't I don't think under normal circumstances I'd care too much about you know reading an article like this it's not new that some dictator in another country has got you know a bunch of um macho rhetoric spouting out but it's bothersome because it's Trump and now you know like the first thing that Trump 
is going to think when he reads something like this is, oh, you don't think our weapons are impressive, do you? I, I, I really hope that's not the case. Oh, it, it probably will be the case. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, you just knowing, knowing who Trump is and how he is, you just assume that he reads this and he's like, oh, you don't. Okay. Oh, I'll show you then. Yeah. Then tomorrow the news will be uh, this just in Trump has dropped the mother of all bombs on Syria. <laughs> like just up the ante and be like, yeah, that, that is concerning. Right. Fire and fury. Like yeah. this world has never seen. Just to prove a point, I mean, it's it's an odd thing, this little dance with diplomacy that gets done in these times and these situations. You, you know, Russia came out and Putin said something along the lines of, if you guys hit Syria, we're going to hit you back right where they came from. So there was an, a joint effort. It was, I, I believe it was like the UK, France and USA all went and they decided to hit. And, you know, Russia thank, thankfully didn't hit back like they said they were going to. But now Russia's saying, OK, one more time <laughs> and it's going to be a big big problem and this is just they're just flirting with disaster yeah can we can we not go to war with russia like i'm i'm 29 i'm reasonably healthy um can we not go to war with russia please <laughs> i'll just say i have bone spurs i don't know i guess yeah that could work i think i know of one other person at least that was able to pull that one. Oh, who work i forget off the top of my head i'm not exactly sure hmm. who it was donald trump do you, you know what's hilarious too is he goes out and not to change the subject but when he was talking about the parkland shooting and he goes out he's like you know I'd, I'd have been right in there i'd have ran in there i'd take care of the take care of biz myself handled that situation it's like guy you have bone spurs <laughs> <laughs> you're not running in anywhere He's huge. I mean, it's not going to happen. I, I think we all like in the back of our minds would like to think like if I was there, you know, I would have, I would have done something, but I mean, I, I, I doubt that Trump would do anything. The back of my head, maybe when I was 15, when I first heard that, I was like, woof, well, thank God I'm in California. That sounds terrible. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I replayed stuff in my head when I was Jason Bourne. Uh, but you know, that's, that's, that's what we're, that's what we're working with here with POTUS. That's, that's how these things work. Are you guys familiar with how this situation in Syria started? I, I wasn't completely familiar with it myself. I actually wasn't totally keyed in on Syria and the Syrian, so, so ah, Syrian civil war. So, so I did some reading on it. Do you guys know like what kind of kickstarted this whole thing? No, I don't. I don't really know the catalyst for it all. I know that there's like three different sides and they're all intertwined and we're like kind of arming all of them. And, but I, I don't know what started it now. Well, who aren't we arming? I mean, that's just a given, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I know it's this whole, this whole soap opera of just this person did this and it's, there's always these these conflicting things, so it's hard to kind of pinpoint exactly what's going on. At least whenever I tried to read, that might, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I think it certainly turned into a bit of a, uh, a proxy war by way of treaties at this point. I mean, that much seems to be fairly obvious. Uh, but what I was reading, um, I, I stumbled across an article from the Atlantic, I, if anyone else is interested in pulling up this article too, you can go to theatlantic.com. 
title of this article is how Syria came to this. And I found out I was reading this. So apparently there were four children. I don't, I say children. I don't know if they're teenagers or not. Um, that got essentially taken into custody for graffiti for doing graffiti, putting up graffiti. And they were held for quite some time. And after about two weeks, I think there were protests regarding, you know, these, these, these kids being detained. And at that protest, the government actually fired on and killed uh, some protesters. And that is essentially what kicked all of this off. Graffiti. Graffiti. Four kids putting up graffiti. And now here we are. You know, of course, when people are going to die at the protest, then, you know, you're going to have a, you're going to have a problem. Well, the obvious solution here is for the Syrian government to ban paint. Clearly, mm. that that's, mm. that is the next step, yes. <laughs> that is a good idea. That is a good... I wonder if those kids knew that was illegal to do that when they started doing it. Because apparently that's supposed to work. Maybe, maybe they should just institute graffiti-free zones. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that would definitely be the logical solution to all this graffiti free zones i think so i think so everything's perfect here yeah and that seems to work for they'll us they'll walk up with their uh with their backpack full of uh art supplies and they'll be like yo we can't do this here it's graffiti free zone <laughs> can't happen can't go down here no graffiti oh oh really oh i'm, I'm sorry i didn't even notice have you guys seen the reactions? I'm, I'm assuming you have. Caitlin got a nice little comment today on our page for one of her tweets about Syria. So uh, is it surprising to you guys the way that people are reacting to this, this conflict in Syria? No, it's not surprising. It's, it, it's pretty emotional. I mean, people were gassed, and it's been this horrible, horrible civil war for so long, and all these atrocities are being committed, and people have an emotional response towards that. So when you tell them, Hey, we're not the world's policemen, they get kind of upset, but they're like, but, but Assad is gassing his people. Like, okay. Like that's debatable. But even if that were true, like that, that's not really our responsibility and we're making it worse. So, but yeah, it's not surprising because people are just insane. Yeah, like like me and my dad were actually discussing a, a little bit while we were working on this truck, and um, you know, because he's he's upset because that's not why he voted. He ended, he had voted for Trump, but that's he's like, this is not why I voted for Trump, you know, because he wasn't supposed to do all this kind of stuff. He's like, what's the deal with Syria? And you know, I kind of explained the best to my knowledge of what was going on. I was like, and you know, it's one of those things where it is emotional because you see a person getting bullied or something like that. You want to step in, you know, you feel it's the right thing to do to protect that person. But what this seems to be is a whole bunch of people fighting at once. And you're, you look at that and you're like, okay, that's just a big gang fight. I'm staying out of that. Well, they're looking at it as if it's the, the bully situation. And it, it just doesn't seem to be the case. You know, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that I would support, you know, an actual humanitarian effort or anything, but I don't know. It, it does seem like if someone's doing something wrong, someone should step in and protect, but 
at the same time, this it just doesn't seem like this is one of those times. Well, let's put it into perspective, right? So how would... What would your reaction be if, you know, I mean, look, there's situations all the time when the government is killing its own people out here. So how would you feel if there was that situation and it happened out here and as a response to it, people just started bombing our country? Right. Like exactly. the, cops, the cops go, let's say the cops go and they kill, they kill a bunch of people, which never happens obviously. And, and as a response to it, Russia, Russia decides to bomb us. Right. That doesn't seem right. And I understand that killing people is bad. I understand that. I get it. But I'm just curious at what point it makes sense to start dropping bombs on a country because of a conflict that's going on that you're not involved with in that country. Right. You know, and and that's where that that's another thing that we had kind of brought up that it's it's not going about the right kind of way. You know, because because he was like, well, you know, what if you know what if uh, you know uh, our government would have done that to us? You know, wouldn't you want someone to help? And I was like, well, yeah, but not <laughs> not like how we're you know big air quotes here helping. Right. Well, there's there's troops stationed out there. I don't this this occupying stuff. And then, you know, you had Trump. You had Trump that was basically saying he was all all but, you know, ready to to get the troops out of there. And then this this pops off. And now apparently the the president of France is is said that is it is it president of France? I don't know. That guy. Yeah, that president is like um, Macron. Macron or something like that. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is. He's got a crazy looking wife, though. Like crazy, crazy like crazy hot or like crazy? Crazy. Yeah, no, not crazy hot. It's, she's like like some crazy amount of years older than him or something. She's like 24 years older than him, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, um, they met in, in school. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. That, that is him. Yeah, they met in like school. Like she was like his teacher, and like he would like write her letters and stuff like that. And she was like, "Uh, yeah, no," because I'm like old. And uh, like he kept like doing it, and then like eventually, like he became an adult, and he kept pursuing her. And then I guess it paid off. Um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's that's some determination there. Like he must have really that is persistence. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, now he's president. Well, apparently he's got a, you know, he's a man of, man of, um, I, I don't know, I forget the word, but he's doing his stuff, right? He's uh, smashing out goals, apparently. At any rate, he also apparently talked Trump into an indefinite occupation of Syria. So we have that to look forward to. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess she wasn't. I guess she wasn't like a, uh, I was trying to make a joke here about what kind of subject that she would be, but uh, I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you're on and sometimes you're not for anyone who might be uh, curious. We're actually recording this on Monday, normally record on Sunday, but we're recording on Monday this time because the last episode we tried got scrapped. 
So here we are giving it a shot here. And so, you know, sometimes we're not going to be on our A game all the time, but here we are anyway, doing it for the cause. That's what's important. <laughs> Anyhow, did you guys hear about this story? So I'm sure you guys have heard about in London, there was this story where a burglar broke into a house and then the homeowner actually defended the house by stabbing and killing the burglar. And then the homeowner got into some trouble. Did you guys hear about that? Well, well, knives are banned over there. I mean, what was he doing with that knife? Yeah. Clearly. Right, right. It's as his a fault. Because he no one needs to carry armed himself with a kitchen knife. I carry two knives. I saw that no one needs to carry a knife. I carried two knives. And I was like, I was like, man, like they would think I'm like some assassin or something, you know? <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the dumbest statement too. There's no reason someone would need to carry a knife. How about the <clears> other people is... carrying knives illegally? That's a great reason to carry a knife because they're going around hacking people up with machetes. Like what every, every day or two now there's like a machete murder in the streets. I think that's oh, a no, great. That, that doesn't happen. Oh yeah. That that's, that, uh, that's right wing propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Look that, that is a great reason to carry a knife. Um, opening a box <laughs> is another great reason that you could carry a knife. I mean, this, this is absolutely ridiculous. So at any rate, this situation with the burglar, the guy that stabbed him defending his home. So now there are, I don't know if you guys have heard about what's going on further. So this is a story from Fox news and the headline reads flowers tributes left for burglar stabbed to death by retiree protecting his home. People are now leaving what is essentially a memorial in front of this guy's house for honoring the, the dead burglar. Imagine being that wrapped up in propaganda. I would say, that, you know, you, you, you see the victim of the knife attack as more like noble or, you know, important than the guy who got, you know, burgled. Like, it, it, can we not put this in perspective? Like I, it just seems like people care so much about the knife attack and the, oh, this guy died by a knife that they, they don't see that he was literally breaking into someone's house and was attacking an old guy. Like self-defense doesn't matter because it was a knife that killed him. It just, that blows me away. I would say that if I was him, oh, I would say that if I was him, I would just take my lawnmower and just roll over all the flowers, you know, as I'm, as I'm cutting my yard. But keyword there is cutting lawnmowers have blades and i don't know if lawnmowers are legal for sale in, in london anymore oh because of that that's like mo multiple fast moving that, yeah that's that's two blades swinging like really fast that's an assault knife right there that's all a lawnmower <laughs> an is, is an assault knife that's an assault knife that I is bet absolutely the an assault is gonna knife take over lawn mowing now because they can't trust the citizens with assault knives Oh, f fun story. So our weed eater is broken down. And so I had the bright idea of using a machete uh, to do it. And I realized how out of shape I am. <laughs> how long did it take you to get all that done with a machete? Um, kind of a long time. Like I'm, I left most of it like around like the house. But like like we have like a boat uh, that's in the front yard and the tires are flat. So I couldn't pull it with the truck but like the, the grass underneath it. So I'm just like swinging my arm, like wildly, like chopping, like everything down, like underneath the boat. And like, 
like I'm just like like getting all out of breath and like my brothers are like right there because he was helping me and he was like he was like yeah you need to take a break I'm like no I'm fine I'm fine I got it I'm like it's like wheezing and sweating (laughs) and he's like no you need to it's like you need to stop he's like like just stop sit down I'm like okay I'm like yeah you're right I'll I'll just I'll just stop take a quick break just you know just kind of you know, it's where I can get right back at it. And I'm just there. I'm just like, <sighs> I'm just like, oh. you gotta be careful. You get that carb dive. Yeah. I was just like, uh, I was just like, Oh, um, uh, my left arm kind of hurts a little bit. And, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> man, that reminds me. So there's, I remember I have a fond memory of when I was younger. I, I was at uh, a grandparent's house and I remember my stepdad telling me that I had to mow the lawn and I, okay. So I'm looking at the lawn and this thing is like half my size. I forget how old I was. Maybe like around, was I still in? Yeah, I was pretty young. I was still in elementary school. And so this grass is like half of me, right? Grandma, grandma doesn't do much mowing of the lawn. They tell me to mow the lawn. I'm thinking, okay, no problem. I can mow the lawn. I don't, I don't have a problem mowing the lawn. Oh, but they don't have a lawnmower. So I was given a shovel. You guys ever mowed along with a shell? I have attempted weed eating with uh, a hoe, <laughs> but it was not quite sharp enough. How do you, how do you yeah. mow along with a shovel? How, how do you do that? Just uh, 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 carefully. Uh, I, just, I, I just don't even understand the logistics of it. Like, how do you? Uh, all right, that's fine. Moving on. Like, like, did you have, did you have like a file and like sharpen it, and then just start swinging it like a scythe? No, I was absolutely swinging it. Yeah, that's exactly how it went. It wasn't very sharp, and there wasn't anything to sharpen it with. But yeah, yeah, I was, I was swinging a shovel at grass for the better part of that evening. Could you possibly recreate that for us and record it? (laughs) The best part is after it was done, I was compensated with plenty, all the dry fruit that my heart desired that's the best part about grandparents oh oh nice and prunes you know dried yeah. peaches i love it i love it beautiful stuff i like dried mango but they're expensive i just ever since then i i've been adverse to dried fruit uh you know cranberries Ooh, dried cranberries are great <laughs> i love dried cranberries we gotta start you can't like have a- them because they're they're full of sugar and uh, sugar is carbs, and I can't have that anymore. So we're gonna have a podcast with Lonnie just talking about all the food he wants that he can't eat. <laughs> I, I'd tune in. That sounds like a good time right there. It, it'd be like that scene in Forrest Gump, you know, where he's listing all the shrimp dishes. You know, I'd be like dried, dried cranberries, <laughs> dried cherries. Dried grapes, which are known as raisins. <laughs> you could, you know, I never really honey thought bun- about it. Honey, bu- <laughs> honey bunches of oats. <laughs> oh, I love honey bunches of oats. I'd eat cranberries on a pizza right now. I'd try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are cranberries on pizza okay, Caitlin? Can you have that? But why would you do? It's that? for the anti. It's for the antioxidants. Yeah, but why on a pizza? Why? Why is that even a thought that came into your head? Ew. You can eat cranberries. Like, cranberries are fine on the side, like, just not on a pizza. God. 
Someone's not adventurous. That's just anyway. (laughs) What if it was a dessert pizza? Okay, it's different. As long as it's not like warm fruit, then you're good. A a dessert pizza is just a flat pie. That's all that is. That works. It's an an open face. It's an open face pop tart. Is what that is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do, do your thing. Eat what you want. Just don't like make me eat it. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna take a bit of a dark turn here. Um, have you have you guys heard about this family from Washington that? Um, I guess there's not a really easy way to say this. Killed their kids. What? <laughs> they uh, drove them drove them off a cliff. Anyone heard about this one? Uh, wasn't it like, was it, was that the, um, I believe it was like the, uh, lesbian couple and like one of the kids was like a survivor of something. Is that true or no? Am I thinking of something else? I'm not, no, you're on the right page. I'm not sure the kid was a survivor of anything. There was one of the kids had this kind of, um, like iconic photo. It was during a, um, Black Lives Matter protest, I think. Where the oh, kid was yeah. hugging a cop. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. I'm sorry. I knew there was something significant with one of the kids. I couldn't remember if if he had survived something or... But I knew there was something along those lines, something iconic. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah I heard about that. That's... Uh, yeah, my wife was telling me about that. She's like... She, this is how she did it, too. Hey, remember this picture? Yeah, you know, that was... You know, that, that was something. Yeah, yeah um... And then she goes, him and all his brothers and sisters are dead. Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, why did you do that to me? Like, why? Like, I'm over here, like, breaking down because, you know, I can't have good food. And now, now it's sad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite a way to deliver that. It's um quite the situation. And now there's a little bit more information about it. Have you heard about this at all? Uh, yeah. Now that you gave me the details. Yeah. I remember that. That was insane. Like, I guess they adopted him and some of his siblings or they were separate. I don't know. Uh, I want to say it was six kids total. I don't know yep. if all six, I don't know total. if all six of them are dead. I, I thought, oh, I thought it was all the kids. I think there every, six isn't bodies dead? found. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, they couldn't, they didn't find everybody. Oh my God. Yeah, at first, at first there was only five bodies found, um, and then they found another body recently in the ocean. It's yet to be identified, but and they're they're pretty much attributing it to this accident. Or, sorry, murder. did they ever release reasons yeah, like that's, why they did this? I was quick to say it, it just seems odd. Like I, not that I understand, but I can kind of see the situation where maybe one parent snaps and kills all the kids along with themselves, but both parents did like they both snap or what, what was the deal there? Did they ever figure it out? Well, kind of. So what's going on? We're able to get a bit more of a story now that there's information kind of around this. So we do know that the driver was drunk. She had a 0.10 alcohol, blood alcohol level. And that the passengers in the car actually had um, the active drug in Benadryl that makes you drowsy in their system. So I think it's safe to assume that they were all passed out. 
I tend to think that this was orchestrated and planned. I mean, obviously it was right in, in inside the vehicle, the navigation system info gives them all the data that they needed to, to know exactly what happened. So they're from Washington. They went down to Mendocino County here in California, driving down the PCH, the Pacific coast highway there, you get long, long stretches of road where it's just, if you look out, you know, to the side, it's just a straight cliff and it goes down and there's just rocks and water down there. Big, big drop in the rocks and water. And there's miles of this. And so they, they were on one of those roads. They pulled off to the side of the road. Uh, apparently they parked for a second or, or not. Maybe there's no skid marks. There's nothing like that that would indicate that it was like a crazy situation that just transpired. And they just hit right off the, right off the cliff and onto the ground below, killing everybody in the car. So, as I said, we know the driver was intoxicated. We know that the people in the car had Benadryl, or the the you know the thing that makes you drowsy Dramamine? from Benadryl. I don't even. I'm going to try to remember what it was. No, drama means drama means the one that makes you not drowsy. Drama means oh. the name of the brand. There's there's a name of like the active ingredient. Oh, it's yeah, one I don't. Of, it's not I a don't name. Know. I would. Yeah, I'm not going to get it off the top of my head. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's in Benadryl that makes you makes you drowsy was in the system of these people in the toxicology report. So if you do a little bit more information, and the reason I'm bringing this up is it actually becomes a little bit more clear what the motive was and why this may have happened. This family actually had a history of some domestic incidents involving um, the kids. So there were reports, I guess, of some of the kids going to neighbors' houses and asking them if they had any food. Apparently, the parents withheld food as a form of punishment from the children. There were other kinds of reports of abuse. So I suppose, I guess around March 24th is when people started getting in touch with authorities again, as I believe they got in touch with authorities prior. And nothing, I suppose, came of it. And then again, they were brought in touch with authorities about this situation and the the law enforcement agencies tried to contact them. They came back. It sounds like they didn't do a great job of following up. When you read this story, it's a little odd. I'm trying to, let me pull it up here. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about failures of the protective services department, then it's not really that odd. They, they, don't have a very good history of following up on cases, especially if the kids have already been adopted out of foster care. Yeah. So So. here we've got, there have been, I'm reading it here from this. Oh, by the way. Okay. So I didn't forgot to cite my source. Well, this is a CNN article, drunk, drugged, and possibly on the run, the Hart family's final days. I'm going to scroll down here to the section of the article that says authorities pay visit. There had been reports of abuse in the past, and neighbor Bruce DeKalb says he heard firsthand from the children allegation that the mothers were withholding food and mistreating the children who the Hearts adopted in Texas. A few weeks before the deadly crash, 15-year-old Devante began asking DeKalb for food, saying that his mothers were punishing him by withholding meals. The neighbor said... Whoops, punishing by withholding meals, the neighbor said. Whoops. It began once a day, but soon escalated, and he was stopping by three times a day. Uh, We decided that we needed to go get professional help. And so that's when they reached out to Child Protective Services. And on March 23rd, officials arrived just after Jennifer Hart came home from work, but she didn't answer the door. 
The next morning, the family and their vehicle were gone. Child Protective Services tried to visit again on March 26th and 27th, but they didn't make contact. The Washington State Department of Social and Health Services reported all of this. So, I guess also on March 26th, then one of the Sarah Hart's friends called 911 requesting a welfare check. She said that she'd received a text from Sarah saying that she was sick and her phone was now dead and no one had seen her or her wife. The dispatcher was told. So they were of course found dead with everybody else in the car, but you can't help but wonder that there was probably some stuff going on in that house that they were pretty not stoked about the authorities to find out about. So if I'm assuming the motive, I'm going to, I'm going to have to assume it was that is that we've got, you know, law enforcement or, you know, these services showing up to the home. Um, it seems ten- tensions ran high. They grabbed the kids, put them in the car, formulated a plan and drove off a cliff. Oh, this poor babies. Jesus. Yeah, it was rough. I guess some of them were, were teenagers. <laughs> That's just horrible. I I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rough. It's pretty crazy. Um, Yeah. All these stories, all these stories, you just wonder how much can even be done at this point. Preventatively, you've got all these systems and none of them are working. None of, none of them are picking up on the stuff that they're, they're designed to pick up on. And everyone's so quick to give more responsibilities to these agencies that are just not even able to make par with the responsibilities that they have. It seems counterproductive. Well, Child Protective Services in and of itself is just a failure of an agency. It's it's horrible. I mean, yes, they, they do catch, you know, abusive parents and sometimes they have success stories, but they're they they're just mismanaged so badly that they they lose more than they win. And it's it's really sad. Like were these were these kids adopted out of foster care? I'm not sure how they were adopted. I do know that they were adopted in there was there was two waves of adoption. Um, first, there was three children that were adopted, and then apparently the couple came back and adopted three Probably more children out of foster later. care. Then, especially with them being older. So, yeah, that's that's rough. They they don't they. Um, yeah, I'm not- potential parents as well as they probably should when they're adopting out kids in foster care, especially the older ones, because they're just like, all right, well, it's a teenager, so it's probably your last chance. Here's an adoptive family. There you go. So it, it probably could have been prevented if better vetting had been put in place, but we'll never know. Doesn't it? Doesn't it take forever to get that going? I'm not. I'm not entirely familiar with the process, but I was under the impression um, it, it took does, a long time to get sometimes an adoption. It role. depends on the status of the birth parents. If their rights are already terminated, sometimes it's very straightforward. Can only it only takes a few months. Sometimes it can take years, but if it, it really just depends on the status of the birth parents and their parental rights. So. I know um, a friend of mine. Uh, him and his wife. They had been attempting to adopt through, uh, I believe, a public source, and it was taking forever. And then they turned to a private adoption agency, and it was several months before they were able to uh, finally adopt. Uh, it was these little twins, a boy and a girl. They're very, they're very precious. Um, 
So uh, I don't know. I don't remember how long exactly they were attempting to adopt. I know they've been married several years. I don't know if they'd been trying to adopt from day one. Uh, but I know I know it can take a very, very long time. A private company. Do you remember the name of it? Was it Dr. Rothbard's Adoption Company? <laughs> no. No? I don't remember. Okay. My mom has adopted um, six kids out of foster care, and they've all taken varying lengths of time. Like two of my sisters, I think it took six months. Um, my youngest sister, who's two now, just got adopted. She's almost actually she's almost three, so it took almost three years for her to get adopted. Issues with parental rights and everything like that, but yeah, it it really depends on on parental status, and it also depends on the agency you're working with, like what what department of child protective services, some of them do very well at their jobs, but the vast majority of the time they are way too overworked. They don't do their job properly. They'll say that they've done this home visit and this home visit and they've checked all this stuff and it's ready to go when they really haven't. So they just check off the boxes and they're like, all right, well, here's your kids. So it, it's just, it's horribly mismanaged. I, I imagine it's probably similar to, um, uh, police department quotas, um, where they just have to, you know, they have to have a certain number of adoptions and, you know, you got this kid that's been in the system for a while, like a teenager and, you know, someone, someone's ready and they're just like, yeah, okay, well I got to get an adoption done because I need to, I need to adopt, you know, however many kids this month. So, you know, they just kind of just move it along. Uh, I that's, assume that's actually another thing. Um, it depends on the state, but they get federal kickbacks for every kid that gets adopted out of the system. So that's been an incentive in a few places, like I believe Texas, Arizona, even in Missouri. Like there are issues with people being adopted out or kids being adopted out maybe too quickly, um, just to just so the state gets those kickbacks from the federal government. Yeah, uh, things like that, and and with uh, it also sounds similar to um, lots of public education. You know, at graduating kids that aren't that aren't uh, ready for graduating because they just need to get the funding. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound like a good uh, formula for getting kids in the best families. Right. Well, it greases the skids, but it doesn't really do a lot to solve any problems. What's the worst that could happen with, with society having a bunch of unsolved problems? Uh, no. It'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Good as time as any to start wrapping up. Caitlin, is there anything that you'd um, like to As always, check out Open out Source Liberty. Um, it is a Facebook group and a Facebook page uh, where candidates and volunteers come together to win elections. So check that out on Facebook. Um, also check out Voluntarism in Action on Facebook. Um, I'm pretty sure they're launching a fundraiser soon. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but check out their Facebook page. They have tons of fundraisers. They have lots of success stories about voluntarism in, in the real world and examples of how private is better than government-funded uh, okay. And there's all our stuff. We've got think-liberty.com is where you can find our website. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash think.liberty. You can find us on Twitter at think underscore liberty. You can find me on Twitter at thinkvinny. You can find Caitlin on Twitter yep, that's it. at anarcho underscore mom. Hey. Is that right? 
and get it right. You can find Chris on Twitter at thinkchrisog, and Lonnie, you're on Twitter now too, right? Well, other other than running our Twitter, um, you have your own Twitter. Well, I've been on Twitter for years, but yeah, I've been on Twitter for for years, but I. I I abandoned it for a long time. I'm re- trying to revive it. Always forget to do it. But yeah, I've been running Think Liberty Twitter. But anyways, uh, L-O-N-I-E yeah, and- underscore D-U-P-R-E. Lonnie Dupree. I have to spell it because traditionally Lonnie is spelled with two N's. And mine and my dad's is spelled with one. So I always get mail you know, good. for Alani Dupree and stuff like good. that. So good time with names. People you call thank me Loney being so creative and times like that. Thanks. You guys are really trailblazers. Now you've given me a lifetime of, of correcting people when they try to spell my name. Oh yeah. And, and, and like also being a, being a junior, um, I, my dad had some of my, uh, debts applied to his credit report. Well, so, that's actually, that worked out in your favor then. No, because it's still on mine. <laughs> oh, it's on so, your own, so it's a double so hit. So he checked, he checked his, his credit score. He's like, what the hell is going on here? Because he's always had like plus 800, you know, and he's like, what is this? And so now they're trying to fix it. So, so yeah, they, they just didn't even care. They're just like, yeah, Lonnie, close enough, you know. All right. Well, lesson to everybody else, don't have a junior. If you want your credit yeah, to stay in good shape. Have a, I'm not having, if I have a boy, I'm not having a third. He'll That's be, probably good. He's going to ruin named, your credit. He'll be named something else. Yeah, yeah. He'll be named something else. Like, I don't know, like Hollis or something. <laughs> Hollis. That's a good name. <clears throat> I like how quick you were able to come up with that, too. That was nice. <laughs> Off the cuff. Staying sharp. You can also follow us on Instagram at Think Liberty. One word. I think that covers everything. Oh no, we're on we're on um, Steam it, and we're on Minds now too, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, I don't know what exactly our our things are for that, but just look. Uh, at, I think they're both just Think Liberty. I don't. I'm not even sure what a Steam it and a Minds are. So. Oh, uh, they're new. I haven't been on there yet, Chris. Chris weren't runs we, them for us. Weren't so. we on? Weren't we on Gab for like seven hours or something? Yeah, we, uh, we were on we Gab for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, on... we were on Gab for a minute. There was a little too many tiki torches there for my taste. I spent like an hour looking over the stuff on Gab, and I'm I'm pretty sure uh, it's just a big digital clan meeting at this point. But maybe I just need to look at it some more. It was uh, it was pretty rough though. <laughs> have you have you guys checked it out? Um, every time I've seen someone uh, promote Gab. It was always like an alt right account of some sort, and I was like, mm. "Right, <laughs> right, yeah." It doesn't doesn't seem too pleasant. Okay, I think I covered everything. Um, go buy a shirt and leave us some reviews on iTunes if you could. That's nice. That's helpful. Are the crocheted <laughs> anarchy uh, little character ball things on the store yet? Because my wife makes those. Yeah. I have to do that. I keep forgetting to port that over. Yeah, she makes the the anarchy balls. You can find it on still on my old page on anarchothreads.com. Or you can go to Stitchosaurus, like a, like as if it's a dinosaur, Stitchosaurus Crochet on Facebook. 
can go like that page and send it a message and ask about any of your, if you want an anarcha, feminist, whatever, you know, holding a pair of bloody scissors, like as if it just chopped off some dude's junk, you know, she wow. can make that for you. <laughs> wow, you did, you, did you just think of that? Yeah, now? like just now. Everything wow. I do is You're everything I do is improvised. Nice. So this is great. This is good. We got to get you more speaking events. Are you coming to Omaha, Lonnie? I, I I'm barely able to come to New Orleans. And I live an hour away. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll have to get you out to one one day. Yeah, I'm 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 poor. I'm very I am poor, poor too right now. But it's right down the road for so. me. Well, I'm not I'm not poor. All my bills are handled. I just don't have anything Same. to save. So, yeah. Yeah, you so, love that unconventional. I can't call you myself poor. You can save 20% on the door price. Yeah, but I, I still got to get there. That's true. That's true. It's the same problem I have. All right, you guys. Well, thanks a bunch for joining me. I appreciate your time tonight. And behalf of... Oh man, I just really botched that outro. Um, just, just, just cut it. Just cut it. Just cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck it. We'll not do it live. We'll end it live. No. Um, whatever. Whether you like it or not, we'll be back later again. I'm tired. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.